Blog Talk Radio. Contra Radio Network. Preparedness Radio. With your host, John Jeffers. Right, it appears we are connected. Maybe. It's hard to tell sometimes. Oh, my, oh, my. All right. We are at Contra Radio Network. The Jeffers Brief is on the air. You know, tonight I want to talk to you about a couple things. Oh, we already got a caller. Hold on. Area code. Area code 318. How you doing, John? Hey, bud. How you doing? What's going on? Not too bad. Thought I didn't. Trying to listen to the show tonight. I had internet service. What? Did you yeah. mean you paid your bill? You, you paid your bill? Well, I always pay my bill, but I don't mean I have internet service. <laughs> so what happens to you living in boonies? Well, what's going on in your neck of the woods? Just kind of enjoying the weather. All right, all right. We you got know, a tonight. Off. Well, shit. If only. You need to come up here for a winter and tell me how you feel. Oh, All that's right. why I moved south. No, I don't blame you. All right. <laughs> you won't get any argument out of me. A tip for you new preppers out there. Um, I was watching Z Nation this afternoon, and I saw something, and I don't want you new preppers to think that this is a good idea, and that is this. Do not... Repeat after me. Do not dog food. I don't care how hungry you are. And the reason is this. You ever hear something called chicken meal or fish meal? What that meal really is, is chicken parts, and that means the bone as well, are all ground up together. Ground up and mushed and all that and formed and whatever. The problem with that meal is with the bones because they've crushed it up and mashed it up. It has little sharp, uh, you know, little bone fragments in there. You eat that, it will tear up your intestine. Now, during the show, I saw people just gobbling it down. They said, oh, it's not dog food. It's puppy food. Got news for you. Don't do it. You can look. You want to do it? Go ahead. But don't say I didn't warn you here. I'm going to tell you now. You eat that, it tears up your intestines, cuts them up. You're going to be in a world of hurt. Do not, do not eat dog food. I don't care how hungry you are. And if you want to prepare, do this. Make it easy. Get enough human-grade food and feed that to your dog when the grid goes down. Saves a lot of time and problems. You can do what you want. I'm not an expert. I've told you that. I'm not an expert. I don't pretend to be one. I don't claim to be one. But I know dumb ideas when I see it and when I hear it. It's true. It is true. All right. Um, I want to thank the new subscriber, Bill. He subscribed to the YouTube channel. I appreciate it. Thank you, pal. 
Uh, tonight, I want to talk to you about some stuff. Um, the first one is this. It's the title of the show tonight, and it's how to know if someone is following you. <sighs> okay, look, we've all seen every Hollywood movie where someone's being followed. <sighs> don't, don't do the Hollywood crap. It, it's a story. The people that wrote it rarely know what the hell they're talking about anyways. It's in their own fantasy world. All right, let's let's just get to it. This is from Modern Survival Blog. I think you'll find it interesting. Uh, Ken Jorgeston. Ken, thank you for letting me use it. I appreciate it. Um, here's how to find out if someone is following you while you're out walking, jogging, or, well, you know, anywhere out in public. Yeah, have you ever had that feeling that someone is following you? Did your senses alert you in some way, but you just couldn't put your finger on it? Situational awareness, that's a personal note for everybody. So try using these techniques to discover if someone really is following you. And then we're going to tell you what to do about it afterwards. And these techniques are multiple sightings, matching your speed, or they're staring at you. So spotting someone three times or more, regardless of where you are, you are going to see others around you. Later, you may recognize someone that you saw just a bit earlier. That's a normal circumstance that occurs out of chance. You may see that person yet again after that. You might call it that coincidence. It happens. However, if you notice that same person a third time during your walk or whatever you're doing, chances are that it might be more than just coincidence. It may that someone is following you, and it's time to change your situational awareness level from what? Condition yellow to condition orange. Now, there are exceptions to this which are logical. For example, if you're in a grocery store, just because you're going down the dairy aisle and you saw the same person coming up the aisle at you after you saw them at the meat department does not mean you are being followed. But you get the idea. How about someone who's matching your speed? So most people walk, jog, or move about at slightly different speed. Even if you're walking with others around you at nearly the same speed, if you speed up or slow down, it should you know, normally be just you doing so at that moment. Now, if someone behind you is continually matching your pace, the alarm bells should ring. That's the alarm bells in your head, not the ones that you normally would hear out in the real world. The situation will become more revealing if you change your pace several times and the follower continues to match. Now, chances are, what? Someone is following you. How about this? Excessive eye contact. All right. You can't help but make eye contact with others while in public. Uh oh, somebody's got their radio up too loud. We're going to take that. And we meet. Okay. Good man. Okay. Let's get back to it. Um, Had to mute him. Otherwise you, otherwise, you get the annoying echo, and I get that. All right. So there's a normality about making eye contact with a stranger. But when eye contact is too long, and especially when there are multiple occurrences, you know you're being focused upon. Move to condition orange. Now, the exception. Some of you gals may simply appear hot. And I'm sure you're used to being stared at occasionally. You might look at it as a blessing rather than a curse. 
just the same. Be aware. Now, what do you do if someone's following you? Now that you suspect that someone is following you, what are you going to do about it? To avoid becoming a potential victim, you must do something to deter the situation. Immediately upon recognizing you're being followed, change your posture to one of confidence. Now, some people tend to slouch and appear weak. If that's you, and we know who you're talking, we know who we're talking about. Walk tall, shoulders back, head up. Criminals look for weak prey, not strong prey. So what you got to do is this: there's nothing wrong when you're walking around and you eyeball somebody. Nothing wrong with that, especially if it's somebody you think is targeting you for whatever reason. Because what you're telling them when you stare back at them, I'm on to you, I know. Oh, and by the way, I'm paying attention to everything you do. Okay? That's, the, that's kind of what they're, that's what they're saying. That's what they're talking about. Number two, you can slow down, stop, and turn around or sideways. Appear as though you're looking for someone else. Then look right at the person who you suspect is following you. This sudden turn of events may likely thwart the follower who will move on. Number three. You might turn and confront the follower using your choice of what the fuck verbiage. I know I said a bad word. Again, most non-professional criminals are looking for an easy target. When you confront them, you are no longer an easy target because you have identified them. Now look, there is a caveat to this. Some people are just plain crazy and arguably shouldn't be out in public for any reason. Unless they're ugly, in which case they are allowed outside after dark. Often it's easy to tell if someone fits in this category, but best not to confront them. Use your best judgment. Not everyone can present a firm, confident, or even threatening posture under the circumstances of confrontation. Got it? Yes? No? Maybe so? I don't know. All right. I thought that'd be good to put out there. Um, Because, you know, a lot of times you talk about being the gray man. And you need to know that if you're being followed. I see Rob A is in the chat room. Hey, Rob. Good evening. Glad you're here. If you want to follow us, we're on the Contra Radio Network Facebook group page. It's a video feed right now going on. If you want to watch that, you can. I did hear from uh, Foil Hat Soldier. He is doing well after a, shall we say, a vacation of sorts. Got a message from him. I'm glad he's back around. I was just thinking about him the other day. Like it was from Charles from Nebraska. Now, I know Charles doesn't always listen in because he's got other things going. But I'll tell you right now, he's one of the best supporters of this show. It is true. It is true. All right. We got that taken care of. You know what? This is something else I want to talk to you about. This is important for your group operations people. And we did talk about what to do if you're being followed. Practice it, would you? Practice may not be perfect, but sure as hell beats trying to do it on the run, right? So this is going to be a little little different. Um, I picked this up out of Survival Sullivan. I think you'll like it. And this goes with, again, group operations, your prepper group operations, what you're doing. Um, you need to collect valuable survival intel. And we're going to tell you what tools and techniques to use. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are. Um, 
You can tell a lot about a man by his survival goals. There are lines in emergency preparedness, and sometimes you see the tactical bleed-in as well. There is great value in studying military operations and understanding how you can be effective using their techniques. Strangely enough, I'm often witnessing preppers studying how to reach a room or conduct a firefight from a parked vehicle. I often wonder how these skills overshadowed other more important techniques. Now, when I think uh, what could be gleaned from the tactical world, the first things that come to mind are the quietest, reconnaissance and intelligence. I understand neither are as impressive as running and gunning, but they will be much more valuable in a true survival situation. For example, the very best way to win a gunfight is to avoid it. That's wise. I do. I think that's pretty wise information. Oh. Oh. I've got to get my glasses on straight. You know, I got these glasses a couple of weeks ago. They're, dri- they're not driving me crazy, but they're the uh, no-line progressive uh, bifocals. It's like, you know, tipping the head, bobbing the head. Yeah, it's like, oh. Oh, never mind. If you don't know and you don't get it, that's cool. Unless you're a victim, you wouldn't get it. But anyways... So let's talk about some stuff. Um, you know, one, uh, to touch on tools and techniques that can be used to gather valuable survival intelligence, you know, I want you to see threats before they arrive and have the ability to make smart and informed decisions. Your family is not, repeat, not an army of warfighters. You are survivors. At some point, you will turn into homesteaders. When that happens, it's entirely upon you and the circumstances you're facing. So you are survivors, and you should use your survival intel to avoid interaction and danger at all costs. Let's face it, the last thing you want to do is get injured in a grid-down situation. If I need to explain it to you, prepping is not for you. Go find a group, and they will plug you in somewhere, okay, if I have to explain that to you. Most of my listeners, in fact, almost all of my listeners, 99.5% of them get it because you guys are smart. So let's talk about this, shall we? You know, the hardware needed for collecting valuable survival intel comes in many forms. You may be surprised to see some of the items we will talk about. You know, each will pull intel from a specific area. It's important that your intelligence plan can pull info from local, regional, and national sources. Yes? We agree on that? Yes? So the first one, let's talk about emergency radio. One of the most telltale signs of a disaster is the power outage. Whether we are talking about something monumental and life-threatening or a simple thunderstorm, everything changes when the lights go out. It's true. Your news source is gone. And once your cell battery runs out, your access to information becomes incredibly limited. So, the one-way method of receiving information is so crucial. So get yourself a quality hand-crank radio or a solar radio. Battery power is not a bad idea either, but you know we're trying to make efforts to get away from all batteries that aren't rechargeable. This is a preparedness goal. It should be. I have the I got it the hand quality crank hand crank radio with a built-in solar panel just for that reason. 
Now, the emergency radio will give you a great base of knowledge of what has happened and what is the extent of the damage, if any. Now, this could be a major help in your next steps. Again, it's intel. you got to get the information before you can make a decision. Will you get all the information you need? No. You can wait until the cows come home, and guess what? You still will have to make a decision, and you still will not have all the information you would like to have. It's, it's just the way life is. Get used to it. Know it. Learn it. Live it. Let's talk about ham radio. First thing that comes to everybody's mind on ham radio is licensing. People see ham radio and they start losing their minds about licensing. If you have a desire to get your license and start broadcasting, it's completely fine. It's not that difficult. But let me give you two pieces of advice here, okay? One, you don't need a license to broadcast in a disaster. And two, you can listen to all the channels for free. You don't need a license to listen. You need a radio to listen. So, meanwhile, having a portable ham radio, which, by the way, also means you need to have the correct frequencies for any repeaters that may be in your area. You need to know which, uh, you know, channels and frequencies to listen in on. Um, I published that on occasion. I think I did it twice already this year. And anybody that does ask and emails me at uh, contraradio at live.com, I will email you that list, all right? So, you know, because it's the stuff you need. Oh, my Lord. Yesterday it was 60 degrees. Today it's down to 37. This up and down weather crap's getting to me. All right. So having a portable ham radio gives you the option to gather that important intel. If you find yourself in a situation where you need help, you can get on that thing and broadcast away in times of disaster. Now, no matter which route you go, having one of these great radios is very important. Okay. Third one you might want to think about, a police scanner. Well, there's no such thing as a police scanner. It's just a scanner. you got to figure out what frequencies your local departments are on. You plug them in and you listen. The only way it won't work is if they're using, uh, what the hell is it, Star, uh, Star Talk? I think that's what it is, Star Talk. Uh, that's digitally encrypted. And you can't, you know. my own department just went to that. So I can't listen to my former coworkers getting stuck with that stupid call of what? My neighbor's leaves are falling in my yard. It's true, people. I've been on that call. Thank God I retired. Okay. So now we'll focus the lens a little more on local intel. So having access to a police scanner can give you a sit rep on what is happening with local emergency services. Many disaster scenarios promise a moment when the local law enforcement will disband. And that, that could happen. And wouldn't you like to know exactly when that happens? Using a police scanner will also give you ears on the levels of crime, fire, and other situations. So once these services are overwhelmed, it is time to change your mindset. You are, you are alone. You are your last line of defense. So start fooling around with a police scanner today. Don't wait until the lights go out to search for the right channels. You need to learn how to use the thing now, and that's important, and that is true. Something that's relatively new, some of us have them, and some of us don't. Let's talk about it. 
drone. Now, if you really want to know what's happening around you in a disaster, and I mean right around you, invest in a drone. A good drone that has some weight to it, you know, and a quality 4K camera. You'll be able to get a picture of your immediate area, streets, roads, violence, damage, and much more while never having to step foot into those areas. Now, reporters have to see a problem before they can report it to you. With a drone, you become the reporter. Probably have more ethics than the ones that are actually employed as reporters. So this is a great way to make sure your bug out route is not compromised before you even get out on the neighborhood. No point in loading up the car if you know if you have a piece of road washed out, you know, it's gone or blocked or whatever. Vote drones are also a fantastic addition to foot travel as well. You can look ahead or behind you if you suspect violence or another group is tailing yours. Now, let's talk about some techniques, shall we? Okay. Just checking to make sure we don't need a bit of the other callers. That's okay. So let's talk about some techniques. One, recon. Reconnaissance. We talked about tactical skills and the types of opportunities therein. We also discussed, you know, crazy tactical skills that preppers and survivalists are training on for no good reason. Reconnaissance is one such skill for the prepper who wants to play army man. Recon skills are incredibly important in times of disaster. Like any other skill, you must understand and practice it. Now, if you're a hunter, you're probably doing some very basic recon work each year in the woods. You call it scouting. But what I'm going to do is this. I'm going to publish a PDF. It's called the Recon and Security Field Guide. It's a little dated from 2001. But the theory and the skills are there. Let's talk about community. The most underutilized and most valuable resource in all of preparedness is your community. We have become the isolated apes. This isolation is having serious effects on the people around us and society as a whole. I remember when we used to talk to each other. I have seen people have arguments over a fax machine through a fax machine as they argue back and forth using the fax machine to communicate their ideas. I have seen them doing it on text. Most people will fight. What's your phone? Text. Oh. Think about it. So do you know who lives in your community? If you are around first responders, you'll find out all sorts of information from them. Maybe you have elected officials in your community. They could be another wealth of information. The intelligence that you glean from your community is priceless. Get to know your neighbors today. I would also suggest Sentinel Intel Group. They're having their uh, uh, was it Black I think yeah I think they're having their sales still. I think I, I published it. Look into it. It'll give you intel around the world. It's it's pretty good stuff. You might want to consider it. That's from our friend Cyber Patriot. So get intelligent today. Don't waste any more time. You have the answers right in front of you. Having access to this valuable survival intel will give you strength beyond strength. 
It will bolster all of your other preparedness plans. The bug out gets better. The bug in gets better as well. Your overall response to disaster will be greatly improved using powerful intel gathering methods. Do you agree or do you disagree? That's something you need to decide for yourself. I would tend to agree. This is something you all need to do. You know what I'm going to do? What do I got here? Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. I'm going to post this. I said I was going to post the reconnaissance information. Guess what it is? It's from Blackstone Tactical. It's Field Manual 7-92. For those of you that are familiar with it, it's the Infantry Reconnaissance Platoon and Squad for Airborne, Air Assault, and Light Infantry. I am going to post this now because I need you to read it. You need to read it. To be aware of it, what it contains. You know what I'm saying? So, let's get to it. Let me post. Let me post that. And then you can download it, print it, download it, whatever you want to do with it. Again, I don't tell you what to do. I only advise. I'm an advisor. I am not your leader. If I was your leader, I'd be able to go everywhere and be everywhere at the same time, which I am not. It's true. It's very true. So we got that. Now, if you're looking to download that, it is available. I just put it up there for you because it's the right thing to do. As Rob says, get out and get to know your neighbors. You know, you'd be surprised. Um, case in point, I was to talk to uh, Jason Jason V, one of our listeners and contributors on the uh, group page. I noticed, he sent, he sent me a picture of some of his stuff. And I noticed on the, they're on the shelves, like on the third shelf down, he had a sun oven. And he's never mentioned it. So I got, so I, you know, you know emailed him back. I said, hey, guy. I said, have you used that sun oven? I said, how much did it cost you? You know, have you used it? He said, and he, he was very honest. He says, he said, No. He said, I've never used it yet. I said, well, where'd you get it? I mean, where, where'd you find it? You know, how much did it cost? You know, looking for it. And he says, a neighbor of mine was cleaning out his garage, never used it, and gave it to me. And of course, you know, to say my hate for him intensified high because it's like he, he got something very valuable for free, and it's like I didn't get it. So <laughs> it's stuff like that. Get to know your neighbors. How do you get to know your neighbors? I know some of you don't even like to talk to your neighbors. Let me tell you something. You come home, you see your neighbor's home or whatever, or he's working the yard, say hi. Go talk to him for a few minutes. Just, you know, you don't have to t- say anything meaningful. You don't. You just don't. But if you're in the city, you know, if you live in one of the good neighborhoods in the city, you know what? People don't sit in their backyards in the city, they sit in the front. They sit in the front. And they all watch what's going on, which cars are going back and forth, who's walking with who, who's walking their dog, what kind of dog is it, where do they live. You know, you get that in the city. Here in suburbia, well, we like to sit in the backyard. We don't want to be bothered with other people. I don't care what they're doing. Just stay the hell away from me. But you go in the city, 
It's a whole different atmosphere. They know their, they know their neighbors, and they also know whether they like them or not. <laughs> Look, you don't have to like your neighbor, but you should get to know them because you never know what they may or may not be able to offer you or offer uh, the group should a grid situation go down. And it's true for suburbia, and it's true for in the city. If I'm wrong, I expect somebody to say something about it. That's all. That's what I have to say. Is it a good? Is it good? I think it is. I think it's good information. Something for us to remember. Um, I'm not saying you have to, you know, have your neighbor move in or be buddy buddy with them, but you should at least know their name, their spouse's name. Know, you know, what kind of car they drive. You know, event, and, and one thing I've learned over the years, and as you get older, in general, most people learn. Well, now, wait a minute, stop that. Let me rephrase it because that's not really true. Um, one of the things I always learned, and I still practice it today, and I think I've mentioned it more than once here, and that is when people are talking, I don't say a word. I don't interject. I don't interrupt. I let them talk. People love to talk about themselves. I don't care if you went to Panama Beach and spent seven days running naked to the surf. I don't care. I don't want to see pictures, but I want to know where you were. You just told me where you were. And they're going to tell you about all kinds of things you may not have even asked. You know, one of the, one of the things that you really should as a prepper do, and if you're a group leader or you want to start your own group, one of the things you really should be practicing, and you're going to, you're going to puke when I say it because you've heard it before, listening skills. You can hear people, but are you listening? Most people, when they're engaged in a conversation, are waiting for that break in the conversation so they can talk. Here's, here's an idea. Shut the hell up and listen. If you listen, you'll be surprised the information they'll tell you. You don't have to share the same information with them. But you should know. Know what you can. Look at their vehicles. Do they have bumper stickers? What do they say? If they say something about religions should coexist, you can cross that neighbor off as being the first victim. Tells everything you need to know. My neighbor across the street, mailman, good guy, like him a lot. Don't talk to him too much because he was a very busy street, but I make it a point to wave when I see him, say hi to him when I see him. Um, his pickup truck, back window, picture of an AR-15 that says Second Amendment. My kind of guy. I'm watching him. I like him. He thinks like I do. May not be 100%, but it's a damn good start. It's true. It's true. All right. Anything else we need to talk about tonight? I know. You know what? We've only got, geez, got a half hour left, but I don't have to kill it. You know, sometimes some episodes are longer than others. That's fine. That's great. I get it. I've got no problem with it. 
just something that, you know, happens at times. Um, let me think. Is there anything else I wanted to tell you about today that I thought was that I thought would be interesting for this uh, episode? Uh, no, I think I think we're pretty much there. I think we're pretty much exhausted for the subject matter for tonight, which is fine. Like I said, sometimes we get an hour's worth. Sometimes we have to cram two hours of information into one hour, and sometimes, yeah, if, you know. We say what we got to say. We do what we got to do. That's fine. That's no problem. Not an issue. It's not a big deal. Now, you remember uh, Dawn has her show on Friday night. She blew it uh, the day after Thanksgiving. But, you know, as a mom with uh, a few kids, you know, so I think she had to host Thanksgiving or something, in which case she's forgiven for not making her show Friday. That's fine. Yeah, what else? Um the website I am very disappointed in, extremely disappointed, so disappointed I will probably more than likely be booting the hosting service and looking for a new hosting service for it for the uh, website. I'm just not I'm not going to screw around with it. I don't want to, and I'm not going to. And if you're not going to live up to the promises you made to me, that's fine. But I'm not paying you either, so that's the way it works. Good lord, yeah, water. Just water, ice water for tonight. Mm. Good stuff. All right. I think, yeah, like I said, we're about it. Um, oh, 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 yeah. Online store. Um, I'll be initiating the initial preps for that probably at the beginning of the month. We should, uh, we should have something ready to rock and roll for then. Um, the initial products will not be silkscreen, will not be digitally printed. It's going to be embroidered. Embroidered. Think about that, boys and girls. A quality item for a quality show like mine, nothing less is, you know, is acceptable. So, and I'm sure we'll get Rob in around the 1st of uh, January. He'll start his show, uh, Homesteading. For you homesteaders out there. Uh, I did make the comment that, you know, at some point in time, uh, you'll stop, you'll cease being a survivalist or a prepper group, and you will move into the homesteader phase. And that's where Rob comes in with his show. He's going to talk to you about those later stages, how to do it, what to do, what's it mean, uh, what works, what doesn't work, you know, because Rob's a homesteader, and i got to tell you, and so is Gary, for that matter, and uh, Brian. They're homesteaders. And I got to tell you, these guys, those three guys together can have a wealth of information. And, you know, if you have a question about what works and what doesn't, huh, ask the guys who live off grid, ask the guys who are actually homesteading. You know, you don't have to live off grid to be a homesteader. Just think about it. These are important things you need to know. That's why you listen to this show. It's the way it is. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, I did. Uh, got to go to my sister-in-law's house and uh, waste the day, because that's what it is, really, wasting the day. And then, of course, we've got Christmas coming up. And so don't forget, you know, be kind to each other. Don't look. If, you're, if your family drives you crazy for the holidays, go there, take a deep breath, grin and bear it. And as soon as it's, 
If you got to get out of there, get out of there, you know? I mean, when it's time to leave, it's time to leave. Um, one of my former coworkers spent an hour at his sister's house for Thanksgiving. Uh, his mother arrived, and as he said, his words, not mine, she arrived, sat at the table, and started eating like a ghetto child. His words, not mine. And and, for, and then his sister and his mom proceeded to go at it, and he said, yeah, check me out, I'm leaving. And he did. So <laughs> just a little thing there, you know. And don't forget, you know, yes, if your family happens to know that you're a prepper or whatever, be prepared for them to act like jackasses. Tis the season to be thieving and to be a jackass. So with that said, it's okay. You know what it is? You do what you can do. That's all you can do. You can't do anything more, really. So, okay, let's close it out. You've heard what I've had to say. Know it, learn it, live it. My proper and patriot friends out there, I want you to do something for me. One, don't eat dog food. Bad idea. And two, be safe, be alert, be vigilant. That's been my tagline since I started this show. And it will be until the day I decide I'm through with it and I can't deal with it anymore. But that day hasn't come yet. Not yet. So with that said, um, remember uh, Contra Dawn? I believe she's working on conspiracy theory shows and whatever. Um, most of the conspiracy theories, I think, are, are all BS, and I don't pay attention to them. Dawn takes them seriously, and she likes to talk about them. So I let her. I don't care. As long as she's not a liberal, and she is not, I don't care what she talks about. If you're liberal and you come talking on my show or you want a show on my network, the answer is, oh, yeah, no, no. There we got it. All right. I want to say thanks again for you guys listening to me tonight. Blather on. I appreciate it. You guys spent some little time with me. I want to thank you for calling in. I want to thank you for listening in. I want to thank you for participating on the video feed. I appreciate it. I'm John Jeffers here at the Jeffers Brief on Contra Radio Network saying good night. Thank you for listening. If something big comes up or something really interesting comes up, I'll put a notice out. We'll do another show. I can do a show anytime I want. It's my radio show. I'll do whatever the hell I want when I want. So there, all you naysayers out there, hang your heads in shame. All right. John Jeffers saying good night, and I really appreciate you all listening. Good night.